0: Good evening. I'm glad that uh, all of you have decided to worship with us this evening. Um, it's good to be back. I was I was on the the mission trip with the Rainbow Omega team. Um, I had to come back a little bit early though, because unfortunately I have learned what it's like to be a real adult, and I had to come back to go to work. So I didn't get to spend the whole time with them, but. Uh, I was there for most of it, and I know that the the trip was a blessing for me, and I know that the rest of them can say the same. Uh, But tonight, I'd like to take a look at uh, why we gather here every Sunday morning. Uh, Now, that that may seem a little basic or elementary, but I think it's necessary for us to reflect uh, on the basics of our faith every now and then. Uh, And the author of Hebrews tells us in chapter 5, verse 12, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. Uh, and I agree. With, uh, I think that uh, it is important for us to reflect on what our faith means to us and why we do what we do and the basics of it and uh, you know what we learned from the beginning. Uh, so if you were asked, why do you get up in the morning on Sunday and go to worship? Uh, how would you respond to that? I think uh, most of us, uh, for most of us, the answer would be something like, Uh, well, because I love the Lord, and I want to worship Him. And that's true, and that's a good reason. We should have the desire to uh, get up and to gather with brothers and sisters to worship Him because we love Him. But what exactly is worship? What do we do at worship? Um, And we may say, well, the preacher preaches, uh, and we sing some songs, and we pray a few prayers, some at the beginning and some at the end. Uh, We take the Lord's Supper, and that's also true. That is what we do at worship. Uh, Those are the different aspects that we go through and the different things that we do while we're here, um, but what exactly is the, the meaning for that? Why do we do each of those things? Um, what is the physical reason that brings us here? Uh, and I would say that the answer can be found with the early church. Uh, and one thing is that I often forget how informal the first church was. Um, and When I was at Freed this past semester, I met uh, a man who I would say is probably my favorite Bible professor, um, he just has a lot of enthusiasm. Uh, he really loves what he does. He really loves studying uh, God's Word, and he's very wise. He, he knows what he's talking about, uh, and he knows how to teach it to us. Uh, his name is Dan Winkler. He's the, the preacher in Huntington, Tennessee, uh, and one of his classes that I took was a study on the book of Acts, uh, and it's with his teaching of that class that I really uh, came to see how informal uh, the church was and how they seemed to behave during their time. Uh, Some of the things is that we forget that, you know, they didn't have nice church buildings to meet in. They didn't have buildings that were designated uh, for worship. You know, they met in people's homes. You know, one week they may say, okay, we'll we'll go to this person's house, and the next week, you know, he'll be busy, so we'll go to this person's house. They they had to come up with places to meet because they didn't have meetings specifically for this. Uh, They also, uh, they prayed from the heart. You know, whatever came to their mind, they just said it. Uh, They didn't rehearse or they didn't, you know, write things out, which are okay things, but a lot of times I think I think that they probably, they just got up and they just started speaking to God uh, because that's what prayer is, just speaking to God. Uh, and when they sang, I would imagine that they probably sang as loud as they could uh, without trying to focus on getting the harmonies just right and, you know, trying to bring up the tempo to where it's supposed to be and that kind of thing because to them that didn't matter. It was just about singing and pray, uh, praising God and lifting their voices because, They're just happy to be doing that. Uh, And in Acts chapter 20, verse 7, is where we find uh, the reason for for gathering, for their gathering, and for our gathering. Uh, Acts chapter 20, verse 7, it says, On the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread. That's where I will stop. That phrase right there gives us our purpose for gathering every Sunday. On the first day of the week, when we gathered together to break bread. So, why did you gather together? to break bread. And when did you break bread? When we gathered together. So that right there is our, is like our purpose statement for that. Okay, so if we look at that, is that our, that's our purpose statement, to get together and to break bread. What is, what's the problem with that? Because we do that every Sunday, uh, just like they did. They got together, broke bread, and we do the same. Um, but I think there's a little bit more to it than just doing it and going through the actions. Uh, The problem is not that we don't do it, but it's the attitude that we have when we do. If the reason we come together on Sunday is not to break bread as a memorial service to our Lord, then we've missed the whole point of coming together. Uh, The preaching is optional. The singing is optional. The praying is optional. The only part of our service that isn't optional uh, is breaking bread. That is our service. Breaking bread is our service. Uh, but the preaching and the singing and the praying isn't just optional, it's additional. It's stuff that we add to the worship because uh, it's stuff that we want to do. It's stuff that they did, and we enjoy doing it, and we do it as well. Uh, we shouldn't sing just because it's what the first church did, but we should sing because we love to lift our voices in praise to our God. We shouldn't have someone get up and speak to us just because it's what we've been doing for 2,000 years. We should do it because we should have the the desire to have somebody get up and teach us stuff from god's word we should have the desire to listen to them and to try to learn stuff and so we have somebody get up to teach us these things and we shouldn't pray just because it's always been in service we should pray because we cannot wait to talk to our father and to let him know how much we love him and to tell him about our our, the things that are happening in our lives so now that we realize the importance of placing the focus on the lord's supper how can we use that information to revitalize our worship uh, again, I think that we can find the answer with the with the early church, but now, uh, besides just looking at the text, we have to go a little bit beyond that and try to imagine you know, how how they would have acted in their time, how their worship service went uh, so this is where the informality of the church comes in. Uh, this is how I kind of see the the lord 's Supper would play out in my mind in their time and they would like we said they they meet in homes uh, it 's very informal they say okay we 'll get together here uh, and you know they wait for everybody to get there. They say, "Okay, well, this person's supposed to be coming, so you know we'll wait. We'll wait a minute for them. They may not have had set times to say we're getting started at six o'clock and we will be done at seven o'clock. Uh, they may have, you know, had okay, well, we'll meet at round six, and then you know, depending on how that goes, we'll just we'll just see how it goes. Um, so then, you know, when everybody gets there, then they they get their minds right. You know, they they set the tone for the worship service in that they you know they get to focusing on what they're there for. They focus and say, okay, this is uh this is what we're here for. We're here to, to celebrate the sacrifice of Jesus. That's what we need to be focused on. And they begin to pray. Lord let this service be pleasing to you. You know, just straight from the heart, whatever they feel, you know, help us to help us to let this uh, be a memorial service to you and not about us and help us to keep our minds right. And then they would they would take the bread, you know, pass it around to each person, make sure everybody had some, and somebody may have made a comment every now and then you know guys this is this is Jesus' body. that's what this represents. That's what we need to remember when we're doing this, and you know they may have they may have agreed and said yeah that's that's what this is about and been very serious and solemn about it and then they may have sat for a little bit of time in silence, just reflecting. you know we sit in silence and hear when we do it, but we do it because there's there's so much so many people to get the trace through that we kind of we sit there and we do reflect and we we think silently about you know the sacrifice. But part of it, I think, sometimes can be a little bit like tension. You know, we sit there and we wait, and we wait for the bread to pass down our row, and then when it gets there, we, we do our part, and then we pass it on to the next person, and then we wait until it until it goes up the next row. And then when we see the people coming back down the aisle, then we kind of relax. We're like, okay, we're, we're done with that part. We'll go on to the next part. We'll go to the cup. Uh, but I think, you know, in their case, they may have sat there in silence and just thought, wow, this is this is really a sacrifice for us. And they just... Sat there and contemplated it, uh, and then again they'll they'll pray again for the for the cup. Uh, Thank you, Lord, for your son. Thank you for the sacrifice and what it means to us. We're just so grateful for this, uh, you know, straight from the heart. You know, whatever comes to mind. And then they'll do the same with the cup. They'll pass it around, make sure everybody has something. Uh, somebody may you know stand up and make a comment. This represents Jesus' blood. That's what this means to us, guys. We've got to remember this, and it's a constant reminder to them. You know what what they're doing. Uh, then, again, they may reflect in silence. Um, you know, they'll sit there and think, okay, this is Jesus' blood. This isn't just a ritual that we do. You know, this is why I'm here. And they'll, they'll sit and think and contemplate and really let it soak into their hearts. And Then, after that part, after the service, the main part of the service, then comes the praying and singing and preaching. You know, One man may stand up and say, you know, guys, this is why we're here. Jesus loved us, he died for us, and so this is why we love him. And he may go on and list the things that we need to be doing. And uh, speaking from the Old Testament, as they didn't have the New Testament yet, he just may get up and start talking and speaking what he feels, uh, and speaking what he feels the group needs to be heard. And that was where our, you know, version of preaching comes from. Uh, You know, Paul and Peter, they did that a lot. Uh, And there may have been stories because, you know, they didn't have the the written accounts yet of all the things that Jesus did. So there may have been like, you know, a time of storytelling you know, one guy gets up and says, hey, you remember that one time? Uh, I think Peter told us about it. You know, Jesus fed all those people, and another guy stands up and says, yeah, that's right. I remember that. You know, he said that they were listening for just so long that they lost track of time, and they're all sitting there, and they didn't know what to do because everybody needed food, and they just go on and tell the story, and they, they had enthusiasm about it. You know, we we think of these stories as like, well, yeah, Jesus fed 5,000. Uh, he had a kid brought him some food, and, you know, he passed it out, and there was a lot, and there were some leftovers. Yeah, they tell that story at Every VBS, every year. So, you know, we know that story by now. But I would say that, you know, when when the first Christians started telling these stories, they were a lot more enthusiastic about it. You know, they would say things like, yeah, this, this one kid, he came up and he, he, brought, he just brought a basket of food. And they were like, well, we, we can't feed everybody with this. What are we going to do with this? And so Jesus was like, well, you know what? Give it to me. I'll do it. And he prayed. And then he just starts passing out bread to everybody. And everybody's getting bread. And it's just great. And everybody gets full. And in fact, Peter, you know, he even said, that we had some leftovers. There were leftovers because Jesus was just passing out so fast that we couldn't eat it all, and so it just got all full. And we had plenty of leftovers. Peter told us that, and it was there was a lot more excitement about it. I think, uh, you know, and just, instead of just reading the text, because for us it's a written story now. It's not a verbal. You know, when you tell a story, you try to make it very exciting and climactic, and you try to engage the the listener. And now we just read it over and over again. It's the same same words, same way of storytelling. And so I think it loses its its effect on us. But I would say that they're very enthusiastic about it, and they were at some points going along with the preaching. They were at some points that there had to be new stories. Uh, people, you know, so a new Christian may have come in not heard about Jesus walking on the water yet. So one guy gets up to start saying, you know, remember that time that Jesus told us, you know, he was, he was standing on the Sea of Galilee and he just he was just walking across to the boat. Another guy says, well, no, I don't. What are you talking about? What happened? And he just goes out and tells the story there. Yeah, the, the disciples were in the boat. It was late, and then all of a sudden they see a guy on the water, and the guy says, "It's me, Jesus. Don't be afraid." And so they're all they all surprised and they're amazed, and they they have this enthusiasm. The guy the guy wants to learn more, just like we should want to learn more from the lessons that are being told in the sermons. You know, the guy wants to know what happened. You know, what happened when they saw Jesus or when he said, "You know, it's Jesus. Don't be afraid." You know, all the the disciples got up to the edge of the boat, and they're looking. And then, you know, Thomas told us, he told us what happened. He said, Peter just got up to the boat. You know how Peter is. He's real crazy. So, you know, he, he got to the boat, and he says, well, Jesus, if it's you, well, tell me to come out there. And, you know, Jesus, he actually told me to, he actually told him to come out there. And so Jesus, he did. He hopped, or Peter, he did. He hopped over the side of the boat, and he fell in the water, except he didn't actually fall in the water. That's the thing. He like, stood up and he was able to walk on the water. And he starts walking out there towards Jesus, and Jesus is walking back towards him, and they're both walking on the water. And then one other guy, you know, people just add to the stories. It's not just, you know, very basic reading from the text. Somebody else may add, well, remember, you know, Jesus, uh, Jesus had to catch Peter because he didn't make it all the way. He got scared and he, he stopped. And they're able to interpret these things and learn lessons from them, and each different person can bring something else to the table. They can teach each other things uh, as well as learn things. Uh, and then, you know, uh, in their excitement from these stories and from learning things and just growing in the Word of God, I'm sure they just had to start singing, you know, from the story of Jesus walking on the water. Oh, that reminds me of that one song, uh, you know, It Is Well With My Soul, we, we Got to Sing That. And I know they didn't have that song at that time, but, you know, their songs that they had, you know, they may have been like, well, we got to sing that, that's a great song, we'll sing it. And they may, for all we know, have sang it several times over just because they really enjoyed it and it really touched their hearts. You know, that kind of thing, it meant something to them. They didn't just sing it because it was on the screen. Uh, And they prayed, too, because they felt the need to speak to their God. They felt the need to, you know, tell Him about their lives and to ask Him for things and to, again, thank Him over and over again for His sacrifice. Things like, uh, you know, just from the heart, you know, uh, well, we know that, you know, Simon, he lost his brother the other day, so, you know, we ought to pray about that. And so they'll just get together. Lord, be with Simon, who lost his brother. Uh, we're really missing him. Oh, oh, and be with James, too, because he's going over to Antioch tomorrow. So you will just be with him and bring him back, because uh, we, we really we really want to see him again. And we just want to thank you again, Lord, for your son and his sacrifice. And just very, very penitent and very prayerful. Uh, they're very sincere in what they say, and they really mean it. Um... And I doubt that they had, uh, like I said, from 6 to 7, they didn't have a time limit set. They didn't say, okay, well, if that preacher is not done by 7 o'clock, then I'm going to have to have a little talk with him, and next time it's going to have to be a little bit shorter because I can't keep waiting to have my dinner. Uh, They probably just sat there and prayed and sang and spoke and taught and teached, taught is the same word, taught each other over and over again until it was time for all of them to go home. You know, they may have said, okay, I've got to get up for work in the morning, so I'm headed out. And the rest of them, may have stayed and kept singing and praying and talking. It was just a very informal uh, time of worship that they got together and really enjoyed each other's company and enjoyed praying and singing and worshiping God. So I think maybe the difference between them and us is their level of excitement. Um, I understand that it's hard to get excited about doing the same thing every week, uh, especially with, like I said, just having the same stories written the same way, Um, but I think we would enjoy our worship a lot better if we got excited about it, and we were more enthusiastic about it, and we had more of a desire to sing, and more of a desire to pray, and to actually listen uh, to what the preacher is saying, and to actually try to learn something to uh, you know to better our own personal lives. Um, so I think that's really uh, you know what helps us to to focus um, on the on the worship service there, especially you know we need to uh, put our focus on the Lord's Supper because. Like I said, we we saw in Acts chapter 20 that that is the reason that we get together. We get together to take the Lord's Supper, and then we also hear somebody speak, and we also pray and sing because we like to do those things and because we want to do those things. So I think that's the reason that we all get out of bed on Sunday, is to be here for breaking the bread with each other to celebrate the Lord's sacrifice. And uh, tonight there may be somebody that does not get to celebrate the Lord's sacrifice uh, quite like we do, um, and who's may not have confessed the Lord uh, Jesus Christ or taken him on in baptism. Um, and if you've not done that, uh, I would encourage you to do that tonight. I don't, I don't think there's any reason to wait to uh, uh, enjoy this excitement that, that I have and that a lot of us have that uh, you know, we get to celebrate this sacrifice with the memorial every Sunday morning. Uh, and there may be somebody that needs the support of the con- congregation, uh, somebody that you know, needs our prayers, uh, it needs our help and our love, and we're here for you, and uh, we would love to lend you our support. Uh, if you'll just uh, be willing to tell us about it, and we'll, we'll surround you with our, our love and encouragement. Um, so if there's anybody with either of those two things that you know, needs to be baptized into Christ or to uh, ask for the support of the congregation, I would encourage you to do those things as we stand and sing.